This semester, we've been talking about culture of honor. And our team brought truth bombs and spoke words and, and truth. It, it was amazing, I thought. Um, so first, Ryan kicked us off with Romans 12.10. Honor one another above ourselves. To honor is to give preference to another. Ryan's truth bomb was honor builds up. Dishonor tears down. Dishonor blocks heaven's power. And next, it came. Uh, Patrice came up with um, Matthew 2, 28 through 33. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, Satan asked him to, to do certain things, which he denied. But in Matthew 8, the demons wanted Jesus to drive them into pigs, and he did so. The herd then ran into the water and drowned. Why did Jesus deny one request of the enemy but accept another? The truth bomb is... Jesus had no reason not to accept this proposal since it served his purpose. At first, it resulted in freeing the men from the demons. Second, pigs were unclean animals under Jewish law, so they were a perfect symbol and a harmless destination for unclean spirits. Thirdly, accepting their proposal didn't change the demons' eternal fate on Judgment Day. Therefore, Jesus accepted their proposal since the demons were essentially doing Jesus' work for him. More importantly, Jesus was not sinning in accepting the demons' proposal. On the other hand, Jesus' confrontation with Satan in the wilderness was quite different. Satan made specific demons of Jesus, which were intended for, by Satan to lead Jesus into disobedience. Therefore, Jesus rebuked Satan with scripture and did not agree to Satan's demands. This is the key difference between the two moments. The demons requested in Matthew 8 did not lead Jesus into sin, while Satan's demands were intended to lead Jesus into sin. Next, it was Amy. And Amy talked about how Jesus uses your personal testimony to speak into others. By sharing a personal testimony, Amy humbled herself before God and all of us, and honored God with her praise. He restores, heals, and promotes when you sit at his feet. Up next was Joanna. She brought Luke 16.10. If you are faithful in the little things, you will be faithful in the large. But if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest in the great responsibilities. Joanna's truth bomb was, God honors healing by using anyone to do, so, do his work. It isn't about them. It is all about him. Where is, I thought I saw Jonathan. There he is. So Jonathan witnessed that firsthand when she pulled him up, and Jonathan prayed, and ears were opened. So, um, yeah. So then it was Taylor, and Taylor um, brought two scriptures. John 12, 12 through 17, and it was the act of washing of the feet, which washing of the feet um, was a lowly and demeaning task, but Jesus did that. It says, Jesus is the greatest teacher, not just sharing what he calls us to do, continually demonstrating and modeling what this means and looks like in his kingdom. He turned the kingdom upside down when he did this because it was demeaning. So why would Jesus wash, wash anybody's feet, right? 
So then Acts 11, 21, 26 was Barnabas stopped what he was doing in Antioch and took a three to four day journey to um, go find Saul. And he leaves what he's called to, to come along and bring Saul back to Antioch. But he honors Saul's calling above his own. He doesn't focus on the platform, on his gifting, on his calling, or being the man. But instead, he honors, puts before his own, serves Saul, and brings him to do ministry together. So Taylor's truth bomb was, a culture of honor looks like doing everything with a heart toward Jesus and unto him. No greater expectations or agendas to receive anything. And then none other than my personal favorite speaker, Ken. Romans 7.15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate to do. This passage gives us an account of the battle between the new nature and the sinful flesh of the Apostle Paul. He writes these verses as a mature believer in Christ. Paul owns life, demonstrates that it, there, there's a struggle between flesh and sin here on this earth. And then Samuel, last but not least. He brings um, Proverbs 1.7, Proverbs 5.33, and Proverbs 8.12. And that, that verse is pretty much the same thread throughout Proverbs. It's the fear of the Lord in the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then Proverbs 18.12, before a downfall, the heart is haughty. Haughty indicates a starting point with someone sitting up high at least in their own heart and mind. But thinking I am all that, it is not a very safe place to be. This high perch is a place where he or she can go downfall. Samuel's truth bomb was the root of honor equals whatever I honor, I behold. Whatever I behold, I become. Whatever I become, I release. I want to drop the mic. So now I'm going to turn it over to Ken to pray us in, and uh, don't need my mic. Well, one thing, I don't know if it's just for me or for it may be for somebody else too, was with Samuel's uh, message. I dug into it just a little bit more because I, I just really wanted to know. Uh, to a, it says, whatever I honor, I behold. And it was, behold is to see or observe or to maintain or retain. And so if you think about that, you know, that means that, that whatever you behold is what you're grabbing a hold of. But then I went down to, to uh, and the humility comes before honor was, you know, really hit home for me. But I went down to Proverbs 16.2 and it says, a person's ways seem pure to them. But motives are weighed by the Lord. And I thought, yeah, that's, you know, how do we, so how do we, you know, when we think we're in the right groove with our motives, what do we do? And in the study portion it said, before putting any plan into action, ask yourself these three questions. Is this plan in harmony with God's truth? Two, 
Will it work under real life conditions? Three, is my attitude pleasing to God? And I just thought that was worth sharing, so that's for free. Um, then what is honor? We rarely hear the word honor today. Honor, however, is prominent in Scripture. The Bible commands us to honor certain people. Most importantly, we honor God, Revelations 4.11. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. In addition, we are to honor our father and our mother, Exodus 20.12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Now, when you're thinking about that one, I mean, I know some of us may have a, a strained relationship with our mother or father. You're to honor your mother and your father. You don't have to honor wrong things that any of them do. So don't, don't confuse that scripture. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, in addition, we ought to honor our father and mother, Exodus twenty twelve, the elderly. <laughs> Revelations four eleven. Uh, where's that one? Did you put that one? Oh. Leviticus. Oh, Leviticus. I'm sorry. You shall stand up before the gray head, and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. You guys can study on that one. I don't know. I don't know if I receive that or not. Yes, I do, Lord. I'm teasing. Okay, this is. We're, I'm still doing scriptures of who all we're honoring. Uh, so the elderly, rulers, First Peter two seventeen, show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor or the leader. Church leaders, 1 Timothy 5.17, the elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is preaching and teaching. And Let's see, and others who serve Christ faithfully, Philippians 2.29. So then welcome him in the Lord, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. We are also to honor certain God-ordained institutions such as the Sabbath day, Isaiah 58.13. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath, and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words. That means get your behinds in church. It doesn't necessarily have to be the vineyard church. I'm not plugging the vineyard. I'm saying get in church, have community, build a relationship. Finally, the Bible describes certain actions as honorable and dishonorable. Abstaining from sexual immortality requires that we control our bodies in holiness and honor to honor ourselves and God. 
1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4. I don't see it. <laughs> okay, look it up. So whatever that one says, look it up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where am I? Okay, First Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4. Uh, it was, I didn't read the whole thing. It says, abstain from sexual immoral immorality requires that abstaining, I'm sorry, from sexual immorality requires that we control our bodies in holiness and honor, and it is 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4. Uh, control our bodies, abstain from homosexuality activity, on the other hand, comes from dishonorable passions, Romans 1, 26. What then is honor? Oh, you got Romans 1, 26, sorry. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. Okay. The Bible commands Christians to honor. Oh, I'm sorry. What then is honor? The biblical words often translated as honor can have a number of shades of meaning. As a baseline definition, to honor means to esteem and treat another with respect because of who they are or what they have done. Honor has the sense of value, price, or quality. That which is valued and esteemed is honored. The biblical use sometimes also means to seek to, seek to enhance the reputation of someone. The Bible commands Christians to honor everyone, 1 Peter 2.17. Show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. So that one's in there twice. And unto one another in showing honor, Romans 12.10. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. All human beings are made in God's image and are worthy of honor. As the psalmist writes, God has crowned humanity with glory and honor. Psalms 8.5 You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. Significantly, Peter exhorts honor the emperor. 1 Peter 2.17, which we read that once. Yeah, show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. At a time when believers were being persecuted for faith, honor is not, not tied to our feelings for someone. The biblical emphasis on honoring others has everything to do with the biblical command to honor God. God fashioned human beings in his image. When we honor others, no matter who they are, we honor God. As we honor God, we increase his esteem in the world and attest to his ultimate value. Okay, so now we're going to go through some practical ways that we're honoring or dishonoring.
you can change, right? You can go to the next one. Okay. So um, I don't know if, if you've ever seen the vision for Alive or ever read it. It's out on our website. But um, this is our vision. Why do we exist? To inspire and awaken students to come to know and experience their Heavenly Father's love, identity in Christ as being sons and daughters, and their God-given purpose in their lives. We will inspire and help activate students in the spirit to follow great com commission through God's living presence and love with the campus and their entire lives. And then there's other scriptures up there. And if you want a copy of this, you could just ask me, and I'll get you a copy. And then the next slide is our mission statement, and I'll just let you read that. And then this is how we're going to do it. And then we can go to the next slide, right? Okay. Culture of honor, the principles of honor states that accurately acknowledging who people are will position us to give them what they deserve and to receive the gift of who they are in our lives. The key is accurately knowing who people are. We can only do this when we recognize their God-given identity and roles. The Bible says that God not only crowned us with glory, but he crowned us with honor by putting all things under our subjection. God actually gives more honor to people within the body of Christ who seem to lack it so that the church is not divided. Our lives are valuable to God, so valuable, in fact, that we're, we're to honor God with our bodies. Honor extends to how we treat other people, too. The Bible says that we are to give preference to one another in honor. Think about that for a moment. Do you pre prefer others as more important than yourself? If a husband fails to show honor to his wife, it will hinder his prayer life. You and I are to bestow more honor to those who would initially deem as less honorable so that these persons may actually become more presentable in the church. Okay. So honoring, culture of honor is believing the best about everyone. Believing the best when you walk into a conversation. Don't pre-write the conversation. So pray before you go into a conversation and believe the best about that person because Genesis says, everyone, 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 everyone 
is created in the image of God. Whether you like them or not, they're created in the image of God. And then um, the other one is a big one. Culture of being on time. Being on time is saying that you value what you're doing or honoring the person that you're meeting or, or the event you're going to or, or um, attending church on time. And it's just an honoring factor that you say, this is important to me, so I'm going to be on time instead of walking in 20, 30 minutes late. Because nobody likes that. So the next one is culture of prayer and worship. So I don't know about your, your prayer and worship time, but worship is when heaven engages with earth. It's like God just walks down and stands right beside you. And, you know, if you just invite the Holy Spirit in, into that time, it, it's a time where no matter what's going on in your life and what storm is happening, if you turn to praise and just watch what God's doing in that The next one is culture of the word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproofing, for correction, and for training in righteousness. James 2.18.26 says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown? Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. And the next one is the culture of feedback. Feedback is, is very valuable in growth, as long as it's done in a very constructive, positive way. We all need feedback. Feedback is calling others up instead of calling them out. We, we care for hearts. Feedback is saying, I love you so much, I want to help. The next one is Kaya's favorite. Social media. There's Discord up there. If you're not on it, please join. We miss you and you're missing everything that's on there. And then the next ones are just fun ones. Those photos are from, um, she's not here, Chelsea. Next one. 
There's Patrice, who is our coordinator. Amy is our um, praise and worship ministry specialist. And Raya is over ministry and small groups. And then there's your leaders. So that's all we got. Yeah, so um, in, the, in your discussion, discuss which one of these um, stories or scriptures in the Bible that in the recap and today um, affected you the most? Like what spoke to you the loudest about culture of honor through this whole semester? Um, what is God showing you about culture of honor? Where's your strengths? Where's your weaknesses? Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. For more info, please follow us on social media at Alive Vineyard College or check out our website at thevineyardchurch.us slash alive.